To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Huddle with us this evening, Phil Gifford, sports commentator and Elliot Smith, News Talk ZB sports reporter. Lads, hello. Evening. Hello there. Elliot, the Silver Lake deal, I mean, I can't really decide whether I I think it's a good thing for rugby, but I mean, I suppose we'll only tell in time. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm with you, Heather, on that front. I think it is uh, largely a good deal. New Zealand rugby needs to look at new investment streams and and ways to innovate. But uh, to use a a tired old cliche, the proof will be in the pudding, won't it, in in sort of five or or ten years' time as to how this money is utilised, whether the uh, so-called benefits from this US private equity giant and their relationships with um, various other media streams and uh, technology streams, whether they are tapped into, uh, and whether the provincial unions have used this money smartly as well. I think it's only going to be something in 2027, 2032, we look back and go, was this a giant mistake or was it the right thing for New Zealand rugby? And that is ultimately now really on the administrators of these provincial unions of New Zealand rugby uh, but also Silver Lake to uh, to show that they have the, the relationships to uh, deliver on their promise. We've finally got yeah. to the point of it being signed and sealed and delivered. Uh, now let's see uh, if it's actually worth it. You know, Phil, I was listening to some of these guys talking about what they're going to do with the money, and I thought, geez, it couldn't have continued the way that it was. I mean, if you can't even afford to pay for decent changing blocks for the women's squad at your club, you need something to change, right? So that that in and of itself says that, that this had to be considered properly. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, as Elliot says, who knows how much, how good the income stream will be in three, four, five years' time. Fingers crossed it's very good indeed. The key thing to me, whether this is a good deal or bad deal, is from the monetary point of view, there are so many people who appear to be experts in the field suggesting that, yes, this should return some decent income as time goes by. The key thing is exactly is how it's used. And when you get down to the smaller unions, who are the ones that are struggling the most, the Heartland unions, and when on the surface you say, well, they're getting $500,000 each of the Heartland union is, unions are, which is, which is fine. I'm not, I mean, it sounds like an enormous amount, but, you know, as all of us know, that's, that's the deposit you need to buy a halfway decent house in Auckland, that's all. <laughs> Elliot, who do you reckon the, the one dissenter was? Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I, I, I wonder whether it was a mistake, someone miscast a ballot <laughs> or, or something like that, because... <laughs> But no one's ever going to own up to this, are they? You know, the, the one dissenter, uh, I reckon someone might have done it as a bit of a gag and just chucked it in the ballot box and, and we won't know for uh, for the rest of history. I don't know that anyone's going to own up to it. Maybe in sort of five or ten years' time over a, over a pint or a you know, late-night session they might uh, they might own up, but maybe maybe until then we, we may just not know. Have you got any insight here, Phil? Are you guessing as well? No, none at all, because I agree with Elliot 100% on this one. Whoever did it, if they made a mistake, how embarrassing is that? <laughs> you, think much of it you can't tell the difference between yes and no. Yeah. You know, or if they thought it was a joke, well, it's not actually that particularly funny. So either way, oh, and look, if they were really, really opposed to it, then I would have thought the word would be out by now, because if you're that opposed to it, you're going to vote against it. Surely to God at the meeting, you would have stood up and been brave enough to say, well, I don't think this is a good idea because whatever your reasons were. Yeah. No, I, I think it's either a mistake or a terribly misplaced joke.
Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to cur- have the courage of your convictions and say something. All right, we'll take a break with these two. We'll deal with what's happening at Lords next. So you're back with the sports huddle, Elliot Smith and Phil Gifford. Phil, what on earth is going wrong at Lords? I mean, one of the theories right now is that these batters are spending too much time on the short versions of the game, and so they they don't really adapt to Test cricket again. Would you agree? Yeah, well, that's certainly what it feels like, doesn't it? I mean, good God, when the New Zealand uh, batting lineup basically collapses. And then England, but well, there, there were moments, English openers, and the, the, their lead-off batters were doing pretty well. And then, yeah, they seemed to feel it was T20 as well, except the difference with a good T20 team is they score a lot of runs. <laughs> they don't just lose wicket after wicket after wicket after wicket, do they? And I suppose, I'm actually a Brendan McCullum fan. I always have been. I don't know him very well. I've met him a few times. I really like him. I really admire the way he approaches his cricket. But I've got to say, there are a few haters out there with Brendan McCullum, and by God, they will be really turning the gun sights on him for this bizarre, weird opening day to a test match. I mean, if the second day is as crazy as this, then, well, the second day might be the last day of the test. Who knows? Yeah, it's interesting, Elliot, reading the commentary in, you know, papers like the Daily Mail and the Telegraph. They are hard on the squad. It's almost as if they were expecting McCullum to change things immediately. Yeah, that's the English uh, sport and media for you. You know, one day you get one day to prove yourself, and if you haven't done so by then, you you cast aside. Really, um, look, he brought a lot of innovation. Even even what we saw early on, um, as England were putting the Black Caps under pressure at one stage, I think they had um, the keeper four slips in a gully in the opening session of a Test match. That's really turning up the heat on the uh, the Black Caps bowlers, uh, batsmen rather, and putting them uh, under a lot of pressure. Look, I, I don't buy the the T Twenty. Argument in, in all honesty, the Black Caps have had two warm-up games for the series. Yeah, they've had players arriving at different times, but last year on their tour of India and in, in previous tests in COVID, they haven't had any warm-up games. They've had two. That's a, a luxury in this day and age. They simply didn't deliver with the bat uh, on day one. Left it to their bowlers, who very very late in the day managed to reel them back into uh, into the contest. They're probably going to have another bat, you would think, in a few hours' time once they mop up the English tail. Uh, they're going to have to be a heck of a lot better. Uh, and more uh, application when they get to the crease on day two. Or as Phil said, this could be over uh, in, in two days. Uh, I, I think um, you know the, the application was what really struck struck me. They threw their hands at shots that didn't need to be played. This is um, you know this is Test cricket. You need yeah. to bat for time and, and, and settle at the crease. They simply looked like players that didn't know what they were doing. Hmm. Um, now, Phil, I know what Elliot's thoughts are on the Christchurch Stadium. What do you think? It's going to be very expensive. Do they go for it? Of course they do, yeah. Well, I was sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. That's very patronising. I, I, my feeling is, as I was just working it out, in total I've been a Christchurch rate payer my lifetime for 15 years now and currently am again. And as far as I'm concerned, I am disgusted with what's happened with the stadium. I mean, God almighty, they seem to find every excuse they can to delay it. And yes, of course, it's in a terrible time at the moment. If they'd built it when they should have, many, many years ago, then they would have avoided this blowout of cost because everything wouldn't be as expensive as it, as it has been since COVID. But the longer they leave it, the more it's going to cost. So I yeah. think they have to make a decision at the start of next week to say, right, we're off, ticket, go for it, start building for God's sake and get it done as quickly as you can yeah. or else don't build it at all. But my feeling, patently, is very yeah. strongly it's because, not a city without a decent stadium. Because you're a ratepayer, can I just ask you this? They want to. They want to go to public consultation first. Should they waste their time with that? Of course not. They should yeah. just go have the have the backbone. I was almost said a rude word then, Heather. They should have the backbone <laughs> and the courage. I mean, you were going to talk know, about cricket balls, though, weren't you? 
so of it's okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yes, it saved me from, from an awkward mm. moment. But yeah, that, look, they, that, that, they've really got to show a tiny, tiny bit of courage, which they haven't, which they haven't shown so far, and just go for it. Because the longer they leave it, common sense, everybody with a functioning brain cell must know the longer you leave it, the more expensive it's going to get. Absolutely. Elliot, here's the thing. What I reckon they might end up doing is going out for public consultation, waste of time, then deciding, yes, they're going to do it, and then delaying it just to wait for the construction crisis to just settle down a wee bit. Would you be cool with that? When is this construction crisis going to end? Is there any guarantee that it's going to be better um, six months, 12 months, 18 months down the track? Just start building it. They've wasted so much time. Uh, already to go to public consultation. This is what we elect these people for, is to make these decisions. And they have to live or die by it at the, the ballot box at the next election, but actually show some leadership uh, and do it. You know, In Australia, they decide if it's going to benefit the city, if they need it, they get on and do it. Here we seem to find every excuse under the sun to not do things, especially when it comes to sports. Sports seems to get the, uh, the short shrift from a whole lot of things that, they, they, you know, they, they seem to find reasons not to do it. Whereas in Australia, you basically walk down any street in a uh, major Australian city, you can't move for the stadiums they've got. We struggle to build one every 20 years. <laughs> That's a very good point. Guys, good to talk to you as always. Phil Gifford, sports commentator, Elliot Smith, News Talk, ZB Sports reporter.